A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hey everybody, it's Kyle Leon Henderson and welcome back to Not For Nothing and I don't know if you remember this, but two episodes ago I gave you a little breakdown of my life and I told you that I went on a little hiatus and I met a lot of really cool friends during that time and guess what? This week I'm bringing one of those friends on. Everybody welcome Zach Morris. Hi there everybody. Hello. Uh, Zach Morris, not of Bayside High. (laughs) I, I always forget. I mean, it's been so long now that I forget that that's a name that it lives in pop culture phenomena. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. How you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. I got my dollar store, not dollar store, gas station iced yep. coffee. That the big is, gulp. It's funny because like I try to get like one type of flavor and then they ran out, and so. Every time I try to get iced coffee from the gas station, it's always like a mixture of like three different blends. And I'm like, you know what? That's very on brand for me. Uh, that's a real world problem in Los Angeles. The, <laughs> what what flavor are you going to get in your big gulp coffee from the gas station? I'm here for all of that. I, you know what I forget, though, about mm. you being uh, having the name that is like lives deep within pop culture because you're one of my best friends. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I want to uh, tell everybody that you and I, we met during the the training process. I explained the whole process of what we do a little bit. Work. Of, it was a very grueling audition. <laughs> Seven, we, you and I were one of 700 people, mm-hmm. and we were one of 28 to get the role, and now that's dwindled beyond yeah. comparison. But then, we got, then when you and I both got promoted, it's just been a grueling year. And through it all, we went through it together. Yeah, it's going to come up on a year. You, I'll, I'll just say it because I own everything. I own my truth. You are about a half generation younger than me. <laughs> and that's really hard to say because uh, you are in your 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm in my 30s. But you're living your best life, I feel like. At least that's what it looks like to me outside because – what I love about the association with you and me and all the friends we have in this job is that we all do the same thing, essentially, in, in a certain way where we bring our own flair to it because it's a performative job. Mm-hmm. But then outside of all that, we have – outside of all that, we have such individual lives. And oh, yeah. I want to talk to you today about something in particular that you do outside of work that makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. You are a bona fide drag queen. Mm-hmm. I love that. So your drag persona is Chlorine Cocktail. Mm-hmm. Chlorine Cocktail. Follow her on Instagram. Love her. You're going to love her art. Um, do you? How do you see that? How do you see... Do you? Uh, is it uh, a character you do? Is it... Um, is it just another version of you? Is it two? Do you see it as two different entities of yourself? Like, what do you? I think. What do you do with that? I think all like characters, especially like in comedy or in performance entertainment, are all ex- somewhat extensions of ourselves. But I try to separate, like you know, Zach Morris, the mm-hmm. actor, and then Chlorine Cocktail, the entertainer, because they're both two vastly different people. Like Zach mm-hmm. Morris, I've learned is like very sweet and charismatic on the outside with like a sometimes twisted kind of bitchy mm-hmm. humor. Also side note, I swear like a sailor. So sorry if that offends anybody. Um, our, uh, our, uh, our, our, our audience here, we know we, we, we are family. We love it. We love all people with all colorful language. Um, but yeah, like with chlorine, it's 
vastly, vastly different yeah. th- with what I do like for work. And then also as an actor, um, cause it's, you know, it's, it's dark and twisted and raunchy mm-hmm. and sexy and entertaining. And I got to see, and I love that because I, I've seen your pictures. I've, I've seen the Instagram version of chlorine cocktail. I'd never seen her in person until Monday night, this, this, this week, this past week, I went to your first show back after a little bit of a hiatus. Yep. Um, but I feel like everybody has 2022 was a time for everybody <laughs> to just be like, I'm going to put this on hold for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> this show went on hold for a minute. Uh, but yeah, and like coincidentally, my art sort of came back. The talking, the the conversation came continued. You went came back to drag. You came back to your home bar, mm. and you hosted the show. Was that the first time you'd hosted the show? No, that's I think my second or third time hosting it. Okay, because um, I had asked them like months and months ago when I was first starting. I was like, hey, so like, what do I got to do to like host it? Because I'm yeah. interested in exploring that. And they're like, oh, like you literally just let us know. I was like, really? That's fantastic. And then, yeah. And it's it's interesting. You just said that Zach Morris in in real life is is sort of sweet and demure with a little bit of a southern sass because you're from Florida originally. Yeah. Uh, it's there's a little bit of southern sass without the accent yeah. to, to Floridians, but also y'all got y'all got a a bite to life that I, I you know it's just like it's like. I don't know. I guess the only way I can describe people from Florida is Southern people in these streets. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, ooh, y'all are y'all are legit. Y'all are the OG legit from the South. But yeah, so you've got a little bit of that Florida flair, but you are just really sweet and not super quiet, but pretty demure. Yeah. Um, and you know, a little twinky, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but you know, weren't we all when we were youthful and our skin had elasticity? But. <laughs> Then you go to Chlorine Cocktail. That that person, that persona, she's edgy. Mm-hmm. And I, I I knew that. I know drag queens. You're not the only drag queen I know. I know drag queens. They have that edginess. No matter what it is. If it's like even the, you know, super sweet. It's an edginess to it that's sweet and just more, more than, you know, just too much. It's always too much in mm-hmm. the best way. But how did you find that how did you because you know we we i mean i think at this point anybody who listens to this show has some sort of awareness of drag right but, i mean you know because i'm not assuming that you know conservatives from texas are tuning in for the first time to see what's happening at this show that'd be a shocker you know crazier things have happened but ah! um but yeah so you understand that there my, my listeners understand that there's you know there's sweet bubblegum pop drag there's there's ultra femme drag mm-hmm. there's goth drag there is grunge drag there's gender fuck drag and there's you know there's different types mm-hmm. so yeah how did you come to the 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 process of finding this person well, take it back a long, long, <laughs> long time when I was a wee little babe. Mm-hmm. Um, I first, dis- like most people in my generation, I discovered um, drag predominantly through social media. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this is really cool, um, especially with Trixie and Katya's show. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. Um, because it's our show and not yours. Period. Um, so then I, I found that and I was, I was really tantalized by it, especially with season nine of Drag Race. For me, mm-hmm. that was like, with Sasha Valore and um, Shea Coulee. Shea like, Coulee, yeah. Like, that season. And Aja, like, for me, Aja was, like, when I saw yeah. Aja's promo look, I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. That's what uh, something I want to do. Um, but then as time went on, I, you know, I was like, Drag Race really isn't me. And I'm not dissing Drag Race. Yeah. This is my opinion. I don't represent the entire drag community. But I was like, I wanted, I want something a bit 
more than that. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, um, I think it was when I was living in Los Angeles, I stumbled upon somehow the Boulet brothers and their yeah. show Dragula, mm-hmm. which friend I friend of the show, Sarah, my, my friend who's mm-hmm. been on here a lot. She loves the Boulet brothers and Dragula. So I, I yes. told her, I told her you were coming on. I was like, Ooh, you're going to love Zach Morris. You're going to love chlorine cl- cocktail. Cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> chlorine cocktail. Period. Um, so yeah, I saw that and I think it was a, a promo for season two. And for me, that was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. This is really cool. Because it's, it, I mean, I've, I'll be honest. I, I, I rest squarely in Drag Race. Mm-hmm. That was, that's my, like, that's my nicotine patch for drag. Yeah. Um, but the Boulay Brothers and Dragula, it, is it, would you say it is horror based? Like, it, it, there, there is elements of horror and macabre and all that in yeah. it. Yeah. That's where it is. Yeah, and like the, the thing that I've come to like adopt into my own aesthetic are like the four tenets of Dracula, which is drag, filth, horror, and glamour. Mm-hmm. And you see all sorts of facets in that. Like, there's so many different types of Dracula performers, and it's not just queens; it's kings and things and everyone in between and on the spectrum. Like, and for me, that really stood out because I was like, when I saw Landon Sider in I think season three, three or four, no three. Um, for me, I was like. Oh, like there, I mean, obviously there's different types of drag, but I was like, it was really cool to see a big platform bring uh, a drag king onto their show yeah. and not only bring them. And but that's never happened on Drag Race. And not, I mean, not to drag them fully because people will drag Drag Race yeah. real hard because it took them a little too long to bring in transgendered and non-binary people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, RuPaul, I believe RuPaul has made amends with the community in a lot of ways, yeah. I think that we all could. We, I mean, we all people of privilege could always do better. Mm-hmm. Just you can always try better. But, but that is something that's never happened on Drag Race. And that there's drag kings, and yeah. that that's on the forefront. I mean, of that a little bit. I think. I think there was one or two drag kings in the UK version, but it's it's not like you're gonna see like everyone wants them to win. But it's like when I saw Lyndon Sider win, I was like, this is really changing the face mm-hmm. of drag. And then. When I started really diving deep into Dragula and the history, especially with like Queen Kong, which started here in LA with the Boulets yeah. and their history, I was like, "That's that's what I want to do with my drag." And so mm-hmm. during during the initial lockdown, um, at the very first beginning stages in March, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go home for a two week vacation." Turned into two months. Um, but then so I also March of 2020, you went back to Florida for what wound up being two months. Yeah. Because yeah. we, I mean, that was time had no definition. There was time did not matter oh, okay. during 20. When we look back now, we're like, what was time? And I mean, everything just felt like it was getting worse and worse yeah. by the day. And at, at that point I realized, cause I was still in school and I was very heavily focused on like just creating and doing stuff. I was taking, mm-hmm. um, a healing with the arts class, which was like an art therapy where you explore different, like types and facets of art and for me that was like a really great outlet because I learned how to like channel my deep dark emotions onto paper which sometimes yeah. I was like whoa that's scary mm-hmm. um we're gonna keep that in the little lockbox under the bed <laughs> right. uh, under lock and key um but then I also had a film shoot um shout out to Sebastian Lacoste for the film Disciple which was a great yeah, film yeah. um and so I told my family I was like okay I have to go back to LA at this time mm-hmm. so I come back do that and right around that time I was pretty much home alone a lot because my wonderful roommate Michael love him to death um, he was still kind of visiting his family in yeah. Vegas and they were going on on off sports of catching COVID so he couldn't <laughs> go home so if there was a there was about like a six-month period where I was home alone yeah during the quarantine which was fucking rough 
But, was it rough for you? Because some people just lived their best life, baked cookies, watched all the TV uh, shows they needed to watch, yeah, and got I mean, through it. To an extent, it was it was a great time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was still doing school, and yeah. um, I had my ways of coping with school and stress. <laughs> um, but there was just one night where I, I had like a bunch of makeup that I had gotten, and I was like, because I'd been preparing for a while, I was like, I want to do this, but like mm-hmm. I just don't know when I want to try it. And so... Um, so that was your first time doing, like, that was the first time actually organizing yourself to defining drag. I'm trying drag in 2020 during the pandemic. Yeah, because... That's fantastic. Thank you. Because I was like... I love that. Everyone, like, I was like, fuck it, the world's ending. Everyone's doing something to try and better themselves. I just want to try it. Because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do, like, the clown white face, but I didn't know how to, like, create my face. Yeah. So if you haven't, if you, I mean, while you're listening to this show, go to Instagram, look up Chlorine Cocktail. What is your it's, handle? Uh um chlorine with three eyes xoxo um so c-h-l-o-r-i-i-i-n-e-x-o-x-o uh the handle is in the notes in this in the show notes so scroll down go look at the go click the handle while you're listening to the show look at his it, look at her makeup her aesthetic for chlorine cocktail while you're listening to the show the the handle is in the show notes so click on that and go down and look in it and I'm wondering- um because your makeup is i guess the first thing that the the, dra- the the world at, at large would, would think of when they see your makeup is kiss kiss yes because it's very white black full mm. face of paint right rather than a full beat fem look exactly so i mean especially when i first did um chlorine i th- i wonder i think the first makeup look i ever did is on my instagram if not i can probably upload it later mm-hmm. when the show is up and running to be like this is how i first started out here i yeah. am now um which would be a really cr- crazy comparison because it's been it's going to be coming up three years in May. Wow. I, it's hard to believe. You know that 2023 oh my God. is the fifth year that has been affected by COVID. What? It started in November of 2019. Holy fuck. In China, 2020, 2021, 22, 23. Oh, we're, my God. We're, in, we're oh. in the fifth year that has been affected by, by COVID. Oh, we didn't really know about it in 2019. Like We kind of was like, oh, something's going on in China. And then by early 2020, we were like, ooh, that won't be coming over here. And then by March, we were like, oh, life will never be the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, so three years now. And that's a lot. That's a lot of time to be doing it. That's a lot of time to be, you know, honing your craft. Yeah. And for me, I, I wanted to, like, ma- I mean, for me at least, not to be shady to any other queens, but for me, I was like, mm-hmm. I want to at least have my face. I want to know yeah. what's iconic about my facial look that really stands out. Cause for a lot of Queens, it's like their eyes, their brows, their lips, the well, hair. And some of them, it's the type of performance they do rather than their right. look. Some Queens have just a different look every time you see them on stage. And then there's Queens like, uh, Trixie Mattel or Kim Chi or, mm-hmm. you know, um, who's the transgender milk milk. Yes. Milk. She was or Mick. Mick, Mick, got Mick. Got Mick. Mick. Got Mick. Yes. Yeah, got Mick. They all have these very distinct looks. They're never really going to veer from it. Like there may be different variations of it, and that is their look. Yeah. Um. But then you see some of those queens who, on their YouTube channels and on their Instagrams and and TikToks, they'll go back and look at their first looks, and they're yeah. they're they they create this i mean not like real shame but like they're like they cringe at what they used to look like and i'm so i get why you you're reaping the benefits of as a younger generation Mm -hmm. of being like that's not what i want i want to perfect this face i want to get my look and then it can evolve from there but i will have a full look and you do thank you well also like i mean 
we also couldn't do anything for a long time. So I was, <laughs> all you had was to dance in front of the mirror and cry literally your makeup. the very first time, like I did that makeup look, like I was still boy hair. It was this leather jacket that's behind me. Really? Not bedazzled or anything. Like, it was still fresh and new. Wow. Um, and I was wearing like skinny jeans and like, I was just like blasting like my favorite songs. And also uh-huh. I was like a little turnt. So like yeah. I was living my best life in my tiny studio ass apartment. Um, and then, like, eventually when I did start, like, when the first time I went out as Chlorine was this photo on the back of my phone, um, it was from Subculture Party from November 27th, 2021, I think. Um, That's but, the first time that fully, full wig, full dress, yep. full everything was Chlorine. And so you can see And how, that's a full look. The face is a full look right there. I mean, I felt like I was serving it in my apartment, and then I got there, and I got so self-conscious. Because I, I saw, like... I mean, because subculture is where, like, all the underground alternative performers go. And so, like, I saw a lot of big people. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I feel really self-conscious. Yeah. Um, But, like, in the bathroom, I was taking photos. I was like, yeah, bitch. I'm fucking living How did the people there respond to you? You saw some – you said you saw some big names in in drag and sort of – did they welcome you as the new baby – the new little baby into our group, or was it a little – I mean, I – a little territorial. I literally showed up by myself um, and – Literally, no one gave a fuck, really. Yeah. Like, I like went to this party by myself, which is kind of risky and dangerous in itself. But, you know, mm-hmm. fucking I live for danger at some points in my life. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I just want to get a feel for it. And, like, I saw some people. I said, hey. Um, no one really knew who I was yeah. at the time, obviously, because, like, I was, I was this new, brand new bitch on the mm-hmm. scene. And um, the next day, or I think later that night, um, an L.A. queen, who remained nameless, posted something that... I don't know if I was still a little turned from the night before or it maybe just struck with me because I was feeling self-conscious. But mm-hmm. what she said really like made me feel really self-conscious because oh, wow. I was like, I'm just trying this out. Like, I mean, was it about you? It was it literally had or it was literally just like an arbitrary like all these baby queens do the da 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 da. da no, it, it was literally like a big arbitrary statement of something yeah. about like makeup and shit. And like I took that personally, which oh, yeah. now I look back and I'm like, you know, maybe it wasn't about me. That was just me internalizing. Right, my own because stuff. you did see that queen the night before. Yeah, I saw her oh, there. So it could have been sort of in the back of their mind about you, possibly whatever. Maybe that, and that is not a that's not just this like far fetched. Like Trixie Mattel's like people from Alabama suck, and it's like, well, she don't know me, so no, exactly. You know. And like, she is a part of this like clique that like in a way, like middle school me is like, oh, I want to mm-hmm. be a part of that clique so I can right. be cool and and like popular. But all the part of me is like, well, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, well, fuck everyone else. I'm gonna do mm-hmm. my own type of thing. I'm gonna make my own group, and now I have my own sort of family and friends that so I rely you on. did find the way you you found your way and now you have your community. Yeah. And, and so that, that, that inspires me because what I'm finding in my mid thirties is that newness, Mm -hmm. um, is never, it never goes away. Like you, you, I mean it can, but if you're not continuously going into uncharted territory, I just don't know that you're growing. Exactly. And you think you're get, it gets easier, but it really doesn't. But you have to be stronger. Like, and I, I, I've, this week I've failed a little bit in my life, I think. But that's a whole different episode, mm-hmm. different podcast. But, you know, I just, it inspires me to see that you're like, you go into this space, you are uncomfortable. And then the next day, you kind of get this validation of like, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. And, and whether it's your own creation or whether it what there was truth to it behind the fact that this queen might have saw your face and was like babies with their babies with their makeup trying to be real. 
or whatever, but you still went back to it and you knew. And I just, I want, I hope everybody listening takes inspiration from that, that like, that's, you got to push through. If you feel strongly about it, you have to push through. Uh, Brene Brown, she, uh, she talks about on her podcast, the FFTs, the fucking first time (laughs) because, and she's, and she says, anytime you do anything for the first time, it is hard. Oh yeah. And if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. And did you grow from that moment? I mean, bitch, you see this makeup here. It right. Looked, I took. It looks like a black and purple turd was smeared on my cheeks. I and see, I disagree because I'm. I we we are our own worst critics. Exactly. And the the purple looks like really fascinating contour I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. To you, you're like that's not what I do now. Right. I I love the the geometric shapes some that I have on my face now, and it's you know. So I yeah. I, I disagree, but I but I can't disagree with you because it's your art. Thank you. And if you hate it, well, <laughs> or if you're, if, you're, if you're critical of it, then that has to be real because it's of you. Well, you like, know? it's the thing is, like, you have this idea and, like, you try – like, that's the thing about my drag is, like, every time I'm I'm painting and I'm, like, getting ready, like, I have these ideas that I'm going to try out. And, mm-hmm. like, I usually start from a safe place and then try and branch out. Honestly, that's how it all started. Like, the yeah. very first time I did drag or I did my makeup, I was trying to go for something and then I just kept fucking up my eyeliner. Really? And – like eventually got to the point where it was just so big and outlandish. I was like, you Mm -hmm. know what? I kind of like this. And so I was drawing on different shapes and like textures and like, that's how it really got started was. And I love to joke because it's like your fuck ups ended up making this beautiful, crazy monster. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how like, I got the big, big, like almost rock and roll eyeliner, the crazy shapes and everything is like, that's, Honestly, mm-hmm. how all my drag is, especially because like with the the makeup I use, like there is no turning back. Like whatever right. you do, you gotta just run with it, and that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest struggles and also um, advantages I think because like especially with like, a lot of artists, it's like you gotta like make and commit to your choices, especially as actors. Like that's the na- that's yeah. the name of the game is you gotta commit to your bit, you mm-hmm. gotta commit to your choices. And with this, I'm like, well, fucking, we're running with these weird triangles, but you know what? It looks great. Right. Exactly. I mean, it does look great. And, and that's, that's sort of something I am, I'm getting more, uh, aware of for this show. Mm. I'm getting more succinct about, I'm getting more succinct about, (laughs) uh, about the direction of the conversation that, so I, I just, I want to be upfront with the the listeners. I'm introducing three concepts on this show. You're the first one. Thank you. The because at the top of the show, forever since the show started, I've been saying a conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or what you believe. And that's the three things I'm exploring. So the way you think about drag, that is the the art, the makeup, the mm. the what you're doing. So to just sum it up, how would you describe your drag? Do could you give it a top could you give it a category or is it or is it a space where you are a blend of categories? Um, I, I mean, in if we're talking like, like in a sense of like, if people were asking me like, oh, are you more of a drag race or Dragula girl? I'm, I'm definitely more a under Dragula the girl. umbrella of Dragula. But, um, you know, there's also like I've seen not this trend, but like I've seen more of because of the algorithm, a lot of clown white uh, performers who do like the clown white face and then mm-hmm. some kind of crazy makeup. Which for me, I'm like, yes, I love that because mm-hmm. it explores a literal artistic canvas that is your face, which all drag is. It's like you're creating this canvas, but for like, for me, that white face Mm -hmm. is like creating a canvas to read. But you'll never, you'll never, uh, join one of the pageants of Miss Drag World, right? That's not your thing. No, I, I mean, I 
would love to be able to do Dragula at some point, and that's one of my goals in my performance career. To do Dragula. Yes. Yeah. Because not mm-hmm. only is it a big platform, but also, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it could help take me to where I want as an actor as well and as a producer and writer. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to be a Miss Gay USA. Right. Like, that is not my yeah. type of drag. I respect the people that do that. I mean, that yeah, that that's important because you meet people where you're at, and there are people like me who are fans of drag who go to all the pageants. I don't mm-hmm. go to any of the pageants. I don't need the pageants. I need the show. Right. I need the performance. I need... That's what I love. Like, I... I mean, some people... And I, I guess just because I'm not a pretty person in that way. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who... They walk in, and the first thing you notice about them are their looks. Mm-hmm. I think I take good care of myself. I think I'm a handsome guy. Yeah. I do not think my looks are the first thing you notice about me. It's my personality. It's the performative aspect. So, mm-hmm. I, that's what registers with me. And, and you know, the, the look is secondary to me uh, because I love the performance, the personality of it. So, yeah, I'm always going to be going to the shows. So And that's a good point because I remember um, on Monday, like, you had made a comment about someone saying, oh, like, she kind of looks like a cunt. And I was like, no, like, she's actually really nice and sweet. It was actually me. <laughs> I'll say it. I'm like, she looks like she'd be mean. You're like, no, she's oh, actually sweet. Oh, my God. And ah! I, was like, I was like, you know what? I stand corrected. And it was because she was so beautiful. And she was sort of just walking. And she was singing a Sade song, or she was mm. performing a Sade song. And she was sort of just holding oh, court, man. holding space in this place, whereas you were dancing and flipping. And do, and yeah. it was, and that was what I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she was just doing it, And then you were like, no, she's actually really sweet. And I let my guard down and started watching the show. And I'm like, I think I'm obsessed with her. Oh, yeah. And that's the crazy thing, too, is like, it's especially in drag because you're literally recreating your face. Like some mm-hmm. people, like for me, obviously, like I create a more meaner, edgier look. Yeah. And her, like it was like she is in a drag sense. She is so cunt. Like her face yeah. is just so beautiful and like it's vicious. And so I was intimidated to go up to her. But then we started talking outside while uh-huh. we were doing our photo shoot. Well, she was wearing this enormous oh, gown. It was so it was gorgeous. So gorgeous. And it's so not you. It's so not your art. But I love that you can associate like art can live side by side and be friends and do and just be different because i mean at the basis it's all the same principle like we're all repainting our faces Mm -hmm. we're all putting on these crazy outfits sometimes handmade sometimes designers sometimes literally thrifted i mean i consider myself a thrift queen i'm trying to elevate my style but also like i want to learn how to make stuff but but you know what's interesting i have been i and and again i'm not trying to go deep into my own stuff because this is about drag today but this this time in my life i've I mean, the story is out there. Me and Ethan broke up. I am dating someone new. But what I'm realizing now is I am rebuilding my life from the ground up. And Mm -hmm. so someone who just looks regal, I'm like, ooh, cunt. Yeah. And I'm like, why did I, why am I that way? Like, but I'm like, no, I can rebuild too. I can, I, because everything is drag. Everything uh, in life is drag. You're born. What is it? RuPaul says everyone's born naked. The rest, the rest is drag. drag. Yep. It's about what you put on, and I am trying to rebuild. So I'm like, I, I'm seeing the the you know the microcosm of drag, and I'm like, uh, I'm responding to it in visceral ways. It's, that yeah. I was like, you were, you know, you're you're dancing to Lady Gaga. You took me back to the Fame Monster yes. the other night, and I was like. <sighs> And back like, to the beginning, and that was that was emotional for me to watch you perform that. Uh, but I know you're gonna make, you're gonna make me cry right now. I'm gonna cry. It was so emotional to watch you perform that because that was that was when I graduated college. That came out right when I graduated college. So that's like an oldie to you. But oh I was God. I was I graduated college and it took me back to that space. 
And then I see this person who took me all the way back to the 90s, Sade, just the perfection that is the 90s oh, yeah. that we had to deal with. I mean, it was a she's 90s living theme. It. Yeah, so. it was a 90s theme. And, she, and I was just like, and I just viscerally was like, she's a, she's a bitch. And then I'm like, no, mm. no, that's not it. But that's, to me, that is the the crux of what drag should do. It should give you an emotional response. And, like, it doesn't have to be, like, the most... Not a sad response, but, like, no, yeah. something. It like, gives you something. And, like, that's the thing about all art, I think, especially, like, film or even, like, physical paintings and yeah. drawings. Is everyone thinks it has to be this hoity-toity, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like, whatever you feel is your response to art. And, right. like, I've had... I've done stuff where people are like, oh, what does this mean? I'm like, well, what do you think it means? How did you feel? Right. What was your reaction? And especially with drag, like, it doesn't always have to be, you mm. know, crazy party, like, let's get drunk and let's get fucked up and, like, you know, dance to top 40, which mm-hmm. I roll. But, um, I mean, there's, <laughs> that is some people's things. That is some that, people's things. You know, I um, have, that is always been my thing. And yeah. I think it's because I've always been a follower mm-hmm. in my life. I've always been a follower in a lot of ways. I've always been a leader and I've always been somebody who is, outside the norm but i've always been a follower i'm like whatever's top 40 i love it yeah um and so i still do love pop music and what is popular but i'm now going deeper and deeper into what i love um but yeah i i this takes me sort of in the direction of because i always because i was going to go through the you know a little bit of the Mm. my stopping points the what you think how you feel and what you believe but this but it just naturally brought me to what you believe because and i'll go back to what you what you feel um and that actually might be a natural way to to you know bring it back because it's all about you um but what you believe do you believe that there is something spiritual about drag do you have a spiritual practice that goes with drag in the in a sense that it's not just something you do it is something that you are as an offering because i mean it's not about God. It's not about religion, but just the, sp- the, the ways that we connect. Mm-hmm. Do you have a philosophy? Do you, what do you think about that? Because it's, because that's why I came mm-hmm. here because you had no idea about my time in college mm-hmm. that Lady Gaga was very important to me. And you had no idea that I was going through a way that you were going to perform this thing that made me very emotional. Um, but you did. And that to me is a very universal, like, I don't know, the universe conspired in a moment and that's how i believe but what do yeah. you believe about the connection of drag for people who don't do it or for whatever for everybody involved i think it is i mean i am a born and raised theater kid like that mm-hmm. is my thing and so um more often than not like i have this little like kind of prayer i say before shows um or like i kind of cross my hands almost like i'm praying but i i do like these i put my thumbs side to side so mm-hmm. that way i'm not doing the cross because um, reasons, but yeah. it's more of, it's not like a prayer to God. It's more of like just asking the universe. I'm mm-hmm. just like, um, like I'll say like, Hey, there's, thank you so much for like getting me here and like, just protect me tonight and protect all the performers. Let's have a great show. And like, thank you to the audience members for coming out. And then after I do my little spiel, I kind of wrap it all up and I say, um, it's actually one of, one of a good friend of mine from high school, Sarah, um, her, was her name. She, um, introduce this cool little mantra before every show we would say with the song in our heart and the words on our lips let's make at least one person happy tonight um, I didn't do it Monday night which I felt like kind of did me in wrong but like I before a lot of my performances that's what I would say like I would be backstage I would like put my head against the wall of the venue and like really just try to connect to the energy of the place and with the audience because for me 
if I make you happy, if I piss you off, if I make you laugh, if I make you say, oh, that's disgusting, that's mm-hmm. not my type of drag, that doesn't matter. You are reacting and you are right. in this space where art is allowed to live and breathe and move. And I have always wanted to be in a way kind of like Lady Gaga, where she is a living, breathing, moving art mm-hmm. piece at all times yeah. in her life. And like, um, as I've gotten older, like I've tried to incorporate that more into my life with wearing makeup throughout the day, even at mm-hmm. work. Which... You've inspired me. I, I started painting my nails. Yes. I started, you know, there's things that I did that I was inspired by you. And I think that, that you know, that I, I, I don't know. You just gave me permission yeah. in a lot of ways, like permission to give myself permission, you know? Yeah. And like one of like a big philosophy that obviously is kind of hard to translate into a visual image, but like I always, I always tell people like, I want to encourage people to really just be themselves and yeah. incorporate some form of art into their daily life, whether it is, you know, painting your nails or doing makeup or, you know, watching more movies or TV or going mm-hmm. out to local drag shows because it's not just yeah. drag race girls. It's the local community really supports Mm-hmm. itself and like that's something i try to remind people in the audience is like whenever i'm hosting i'm like hey if you want to yeah. see that level of drag like you also have to do a part because it's not just us like yeah we yeah. do a lot of the work but with your support and your love and your energy and of course your dollar dollar bills yes um exactly it helps elevate the performers and like like even though sometimes i go to drag shows and i don't have money like i always love to like post photos or videos right. or like just lose my Support absolute them, shit because lift them up in some way cuz like it's it's in a way like a it's a spiritual experience to go to a broadway show to go to a movie mm-hmm. to go to a drag show cuz it's a collective experience well you saying that you try to connect with the energy of the audience before you even lay eyes on them that to me that that i, I don't know if you saw me tearing up when you said that because i'm like oh my god that is that is why we do what we do. Every yes. every bit of it. Like that's I mean, if you're not feeling that way about what you do with your life, then you need to go find something that does make you feel that way. Yeah. Because that we get one as far as we know, we get one life. Yep. You better live it like it's the last day on earth and just be free. And I love that. Like I like I said, you you were talking about you want to make somebody feel something, anger or elation or sadness or whatever. I did. I felt anger watching you that night because go off, go off, <laughs> queen. You you get distracted by everything in life. Yep. If there was no hardships in life, if money was not an issue, we'd all be famous and rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the things that pop up, the things that just take you in one direction, take you in another. I didn't know I was going to go through a breakup this year. I you know I didn't yeah. know that I was going to get this job that. I love so much that it took every bit of my attention. I didn't know that with that job, there was going to be these people who I fell in love with. I fell in love with a whole group of people this year. And, and that not, and then it just sort of came upon me that I am not doing well with what I want to do. Like you have forgotten yourself. Mm -hmm. You have walked out on yourself. You you're standing in the house, but nobody's home. Yeah, basically. And just hearing those songs, smells and music are mm. the two things that are most tied to memory. And you say, you performing <laughs> a song from when I had nothing but time and hope in, heart, in my heart. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's still who I am. I need to go. I was pissed off. I'm like, how could you get this far gone? How and- could you go that far? So, yeah, you did that for me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> but, yeah, I... um. Oh, here's here's Los Angeles. Always <laughs> always drama. 
Um, but yeah, so you, th- how does it make you feel? How does drag make you feel? Why drag? Hmm. It's, it's just very appealing as a performer because being a theater kid, I love, in a I have a love-hate relationship with mm-hmm. being the center of attention, especially being yeah. an introvert and a Leo and also a fucking flaming fag like it's hard <laughs> to like find that balance but can we get that on t-shirts a flaming fag f dot a dot g oh. flaming fag i think i'm gonna have those t-shirts made we gotta find a good acronym for it though yeah because <laughs> i'd like just something campy and stupid and fun um oh but yeah but it, it really like especially when i first started going out like that that first night at subculture like mm-hmm. i remember people like turning and looking around and like Obviously, it was intimidating, but now it's so powerful because I feel like mm-hmm. I'm bringing out something I don't normally get to show to the world. And especially with my drag family, like with my good friend, Layla Moore, who's really helped bring me up as a performer where she was like, you, you've you got to be this, you know, very extra big, mm-hmm. gregarious persona. And which that's something I'm trying to do now that I'm back performing. Yeah. Um, but it really feel it makes me feel powerful because like I created chlorine yeah. and i created my makeup and i'm putting together this whole this whole piece which i feel like for all artists whether it's a short film that you write or a podcast or mm-hmm. a vase that you sculpt like anything that you put your heart and soul into and like everyone else can go fuck themselves as long as you feel good about it even if you don't feel good about it you still made something yeah and i i've noticed like before i took my hiatus like when i was doing regular performances like i had this kind of confidence in myself because like I, I realized I was like, oh, I am a badass and like I'm I'm not like a tough cookie, but like yeah. I can I can hold myself, especially when I'm wearing like six inch heels. Right. Um, and I noticed you did a, a, a shoe change. Girl, oh my during God. the show. <laughs> I think I fucked up my back because remember during um, that one Halloween event where I like hurt myself. Oh my God, yes. um, I think it's come yes. back. So I'm having to do a lot more stretching because of the heels I was wearing. But, you know, it's it all comes to the territory. Mm-hmm. Um drag performers make sure you have good posture and heels. Yeah. But I was listening to, um, have you heard of the podcast? Audrey helps actors. Audrey helps actors. Mm-hmm. I never heard of it. It's a great podcast. She's great. Um, a lot of cool advice, especially throughout the pandemic. And like, especially now when we've transitioned from like physical casting and auditions to now yeah. being online. But, um, there was an episode she did with Kate Siegel from, um, hush and the haunting oh, of Hill yeah. house. Yeah. Where, and like when she said this, I like I literally like stopped in my tracks. I was like, "Hmm, interesting," because this was during my hiatus uh-huh. where some stuff had happened, and yeah. I was like, "Hmm, interesting." But she said, um, "As actors, you need to do stuff that makes you happy and fulfills your mm-hmm. life, because when you do that, you're fulfilling your own happiness and your own soul, and then that yeah. translates to your work, even if you don't think it does. Like that personal it fulfillment." Really does. Because, like, with all jobs, you need to do stuff outside of that so that way you're not constantly bogged mm-hmm. down. Especially as actors, we're constantly submitting into this void, never mm-hmm. getting any feedback, and it feels so hopeless at times. So, right. as Chlorine, Yeah, I had, I had somebody ask me the other day, they go, oh, you're an actor? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, so you act a lot. And I said, no, I audition a lot. Yeah. Actors don't act. Or actors you, audition. Or you submit. And <laughs> or you submit. submit. Yeah. You submit. Actors do not act. They audition. Most of us. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> like, know? another reason I... I, I 
came up with chlorine and wanted to really start performing is yeah. because like in the meantime of submitting and submitting and submitting and auditioning here and there mm-hmm. i was like i need to do something performative to keep my spirit yeah. alive that's what the show was all about that's why i started just something to hold myself accountable and just to speak yeah because if you're not speaking you'll lose your voice mm-hmm. and if you're not performing you'll lose your you'll lose the dance you'll lose the beat you'll you've got to keep doing it however you have to i believe yeah, and it's a very different type of performance from like film and TV mm-hmm. acting, but those 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 um, gears are still being turning because like I'm still I mean, not to like out myself, but like I'm improvising most of the time. Like I try to have choreography, yeah, trying to get better at doing that. But a lot of times, like it really just I get on stage and I black out. Well, and that's I mean you can have your <laughs> choreography, but then there's the element of you you can make up all the choreography in the world i would mm. think correct me if i'm wrong in front of the mirror and then you get in front of the audience and the audience takes you to a totally different place than exactly. everything you just practiced so you have to go where you want to go or where the audience takes you sometimes where the energy yeah. the vibe of the room that's what patty labelle she says i don't love rehearsal because i don't know what's going to happen on stage because she famously uh, kicked her shoes into the audience. Oh my god! At one time, because she was just, she was singing somewhere over the rainbow, and she she is probably the second person that's famous for that now at this point mm-hmm. after Judy Garland because she sang it so differently and just so gospel and so much and she was just she was taken away and she just started kicking her shoes into the audience and now if she doesn't kick her shoes into the audience people are like bitch give me your shoes so it's you know and then she starts flapping her wings like a bird she goes i don't know what i'm doing but they love it and yeah you know that's where you go you have to go there um and like last night i went to a stand-up comedy show and i started Ooh. dabbling in stand-up comedy yes i i will say i had you were at my first show that was so much fun and i <laughs> i mean I, you know those moments where you can you can look around the room and you can't deny that there was a spark mm-hmm. i i i had a spark i i hit the nail on the head with this audience with my story with who i am and that was like on the eve of everything falling apart for me. <laughs> so, right. And, and then once everything fell apart, I had no energy for it mm-hmm. and watching you perform and then going to this stand up comedy. I realized how quiet I am now. I mean, I talk a lot. I'm a talker, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh, I've gone inside mm-hmm. and I'm not rocking the boat. I don't want to piss anybody off. I've got all these people who I'm looking around. I love them. I've fallen in love with them. But I'm not giving them me anymore. I'm giving them the me that accentuates them. And I'm like, oh, I can be here. I can be here. I can fit in nicely over here. And I'm like, why am I trying to fit in? Fuck everybody if I'm not trying to be myself. Exactly. And that's something I've tried to, like, share with people, especially going into the new year. Uh, I like I told myself I was like I mean it's corny but it's like my resolution is to be unapologetically me yeah and like and that includes like taking up space which like I'm so used to being quiet and just like kind of going along with everybody because like I like I always was like a quiet shy kid and like I was bullied and so like I'm so used to just being yeah told to like shut the fuck up and just sit and be a good kid yeah um but now like as an adult especially with chlorine chlorine's taught me to like really just own the fuck out of it and like Mm -hmm. going into this new year I've really been doing much better at that and there have been challenges here and there yeah but i just feel so much better when like i'm like i want to do this today and then i go out and do it or like Mm -hmm. i dress a certain way oh yeah and like and i think that's something it's hard and scary to do Mm -hmm. because i mean especially like when you're walking by yourself in downtown los angeles or even 
the other night walking to my car to get to my show or like go to the show, I had some people in my neighborhood literally go, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And like, well, even the neighborhood that your show was in, I didn't realize it was a, I like it. It's a, it's, it's a fun little neighborhood over there. Yeah. But like, um, because the, the guy, you know, the guy I'm seeing, he was like, I don't like that guy staring at us. I'm like, I think he's just on his phone and he's like, no, we need to hurry up and get to that. I was like, what? It's Los Angeles. It's a recession. Everybody's going to kill you. And like, you got to be careful. Yeah. And like, that's something like I've had to like really overcome is like the judgment of other people where, especially certain people in my life, I have to like, just be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. That is their opinion. They have a very different life experience. I'm just going to stick to doing me because so far it's, it's done me pretty good. Right. Well, and you know what I've found? I say a lot in my life I've you know I don't know that anybody you or I mean I may have even said it to you I don't know um, but I feel like I'm saying a lot oh y'all haven't even seen the real me Ooh. and I'm just like why haven't they why have they not like right. what are you waiting on who are you who are you acquiescing to why are you why are you being like I used to be this fun person I used to be somebody who did not give a shit what other people thought of me and I'm from I'm from a town called Bug Tussle, yeah. Alabama. And if you think there are liberal people there, there's a couple, oh, but they live deep in the woods and they don't say things. Uh, they um, because I was part of the the Democratic Party there. There is a presence everywhere. There is a presence, but it wasn't prominent. But I was. I was like, mm-hmm. I dare you to say something to me. I dare you to say something about the way you way you think of me. Yeah. I used to be that person, and now I. Like I said, I after everything, I guess I, you know, it was tired. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're tired. Sometimes you're tired of fighting, but then take a rest and then get back up and fight again. Yeah, because if, I mean, it's it's a fine balance between, like, fighting for yourself and standing up for yourself mm-hmm. and those you care about. And then also knowing when to expend that energy on people. Yeah. Like, the other night when I was walking to my car, part of me wanted to say something, but I also knew I was, one, outnumbered, and two, I... You know, I'm not yeah, in a position pick to your s- battles. <laughs> I mean, especially in now in now landscape, like I yeah. had well, used to, you might get your ass kicked. Now you might get stabbed or shot in the face. Yeah, without anybody thinking one one thing or another. Because you know, I'm a fag and I'm a drag queen and yeah. I'm a scary, ugly one at that. Well, right. ugly in a pretty sense, but yeah, no, I get what you mean. Like you're not you're not trying to be ultra femme beautiful. You're trying to make a statement. And right. That's... And there's also, there are, you know, the inherent dangers of being an ultra femme performer, especially mm-hmm. for trans performers. Like that right. Is, that, that's a whole different set of problems. Exactly. And just, I mean, from our previous performance experiences at said Halloween event, like yeah. there, I, I was talking with someone last night there and they made a really good point, which like I firmly believe in myself. And like, we've talked about this, but like the moment you are as a performer, put on your makeup, you put on your costume, a mask, whatever, Everyone seems to forget that you're a real person. Yeah. Underneath that they treat you like ass. Like- and, and that's interesting that you are a living, breathing, interacting. Because we, we've both done this Halloween event. Mm-hmm. We've both acted in it. We've, you know, done everything. Um, and that's like a full mask, a full performance, a full parameters. But when you're a drag queen, you're you're just makeup. It's not a mask. Exactly. I mean, everything's a mask, but it's not. It's just makeup. Your skin is exposed. Your body's exposed. You're having interactions with these people, but they still don't see you as real. Yeah. Uh, there was one time, one of the first times I actually went out to WeHo as Chlorine. I remember I was walking from the parking garage I parked at and... <sighs> Some random ass fucking twink. Mm-hmm. Like as I was walking up there, just chilling, um, he was like, "Oh my god, is it still Halloween?" And that was one of the moments where, like, I like as Chlorine, like, really was like, you know what? I'm gonna be a bitch. Yeah. Especially as Chlorine, like, I've I've made amends and I've made it okay mm-hmm. as Chlorine to sometimes be a bitch and stand up for myself and say 
mean harsh things because yeah. i mean zach i'm always trying to be nice and play it mm-hmm. safe but as chlorine my brand is edgy and dangerous and yeah it also is like kind of empowering when like people say stupid shit like that and like i literally turned on him and i was like yes it fucking is bitch and he literally was taken aback and yeah. i kept on walking and i was like i don't First of all, bitch, you're in West Hollywood. You're going to see a drag queen or a drag well, king. I, like, it's, I don't understand that. Like, but and, and I just think maybe maybe it was the drugs or alcohol or whatever, mm-hmm. but or the sense of entitlement. But I just for anyone listening, I encourage you to treat all performers or anyone in the entertainment sphere with such kindness because you never yeah. know. I mean, just people in general, you never know what's going on in their personal life mm-hmm. and. Honestly, it makes life so much easier when you're nice to people, you smile, and you treat them with kindness because right. they're more willing to help you or do things for you instead of being like, get this for me, get yeah. that. Like, Well, and it, it's just a much more pleasant way to live, to just enjoy yeah. the company of people that are not like you. Like, because we're all, I mean, we're all the same. We yeah. all just want to be seen and heard and loved. Yep. And we want to have the free space to love in return, not just intimate, romantic love, but just love to associate like like when you go down the street and you see someone who's wearing a nice coat and you're like oh i love your coat and they're like oh thank you it's like that energy exchange is mm-hmm. just so nice it it just brightens your day to be able to give something and then have them appreciate it yeah and, and in return and it's nice to receive that when somebody's like oh i love your hair yeah or whatever it's like oh thank you and it's also it's funny because like i was talking with my therapist about this the other day but it's so hard sometimes it feels like to like give and or receive compliments especially from strangers because like i mean i would i want to be able to spread love and kindness and all that hippy dippy shit but like sometimes when i compliment people they're like what oh um thanks and then they keep on walking it's like i'm being genuine and sincere like i'm not trying to like you weirdo like well and i've had people tell me that they were when i because i lived in la before one mm-hmm. time when i was 19 kind of like you move here <laughs> fresh off the boat and come out here Ooh. and do your own thing uh somebody was like i don't trust you at all and i said why and they're like because you're too nice yeah and i'm like I, it's just a nice person like i don't know what to tell you well it's like they don't trust you but also uh, to an extent i've learned that sometimes it's hard to trust people because they t- a lot of people will yeah. take advantage of nice people yeah and that's something i've had to learn both in my personal life and as chlorine is like i am nice up to an extent mm-hmm. but i've tried to get really good at really sensing people's yeah. motives or intentions because if they're too nice or they're too giving i'm like mm, are you really this type of person because i am very nice and giving yeah but like i it's you know maybe it's just my pessimistic kind of nature <laughs> in a way but it's like you gotta you gotta be careful but also right fuck it like just be nice to everyone mm-hmm. and be kind of giving but when someone crosses that boundary be like right okay we need to really well and see and i don't i don't want to get into the weeds you'll you might actually you weren't at this party but you might know you know about the situation i talked about it two episodes ago steven um <laughs> so that's his code name <laughs> uh for the first time since he was like i'm done with you you're dead to me I saw him at a at a birthday party and I was so riddled with the anxiety of what do I do? Right. Because all of my friends were around him mm-hmm. and I was like, do I go over there and just power through and say, you know what? I'm here. You're going to have to get over it. Or do I, or do I just stay back? Don't cause any drama because that's just, that's loud and dramatic. I chose to stay back mm-hmm. and by the end of the night, I couldn't stand up. I had so much anxiety. I should have powered through and said, eat my ass, bitch. (laughs) 
if you don't like who I am, you're going to have to get over it. Yeah. And that's, and that's on me. But I was, I walked that fine line of like, do I toe the line and respect the boundaries, even though there's no one else here that I know at this party, all the people I know are at that table with Steven. Well, that's, and I chose to respect Steven's wishes, even though he didn't, you know, he obviously let me exist and hate me for it. But what is it you say? Fuck my drag. Literally. So, so, you know, I, I chose that and it, and it hurt me to, to not be myself. Mm -hmm. And it's because I've been getting mixed messages from everybody around, like the group of people that I've fallen in love with. They have told me, oh, you just, you know, just go your separate ways. Don't do the da-da-da or whatever. And then once it was all over, it was like, you should have just went over there and sat at the damn table. And I'm like, well, I'm getting mixed messages. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to get any messages. I need to do what I feel. The message comes from the inside. Who am I? Who am I? Who I am, what I wished I'd have done is went to the bar, bought him a drink, sat it on the table and said, you better bury the hatchet. Get over it. This is your drink from me. Love to you. Love me or hate me, but I'm over all this. Yeah, and that wouldn't be anything petty. It's very professional adulthood. Literally just like, in a way, it's a peace offering. That's that's what I would have meant it as, too, is a peace offering. Like, look, we're not going to love each other, but we can be in the same room without you being weird. Um, and sorry to talk about that because no, it's you're, your show. you're still his friend. So yeah, <laughs> he and loves that, you. But that's the weird thing too is like, I mean, especially like growing up, I've always tried to be the neutral friendly one to everybody. Cause like, yeah, I crave attention and I need friends and me um, too. And that's me. I'm like, ah, I just want people to love me and like reach out every once in a while and be like, how you doing? Cause I'm the, how you doing girl. Yeah. But it's I always, don't ever get the, how you doing? Yeah. And it's so. weird trying to be that middle ground. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm aware of the situation here and we're in the situation yeah. here. I'm just going to yeah. hopefully be okay well, with I, everyone. With that situation. I told everybody, I was like, be their friend. They need a friend. They are in trouble. They are flipping out. So not again, not to put too much out there, but right. you know, that was my experience and I've been quiet about it and then I've let myself get down about it, but now I'm going out and it's like to bring it all back. It was sort of your show, your first show back where mm-hmm. I was like, damn, why is this person who's ha- nearly half my age or <laughs> teaching me so much about what's going on in the world what's going on in my life you don't know what's going on i mean you do because we're friends but yeah. you don't know the depths of like what's going on but i'm like you performed one song and that's the thing too is like with drag is like i mean most often than not it's the performer's favorite song favorite music like i yeah. love doing like the deep gritty gaga because that's what i love and that's yeah. like what i grew up listening to to help get me through those dark phases and then literally i was in my mind, I was thinking, fuck, 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 I have to get these dollar bills. I have to do this now. I have to do this. Yeah. But then the, to hear you have, to share your experience of my uh-huh. performance, especially as a really close friend, it really touches my heart because, like, I don't, I don't, maybe I should start doing this more, like, networking and talking to people. But, like, to hear reactions from people, every once in a while I've heard, mm. I've had people come up to me and they're like, you just, you're so amazing and, like, you've inspired me and, like, like I love what you do. Like, please keep doing this because, like, yeah. we need more of that. And, like, that's not the sole reason. I mean, that's one of the main reasons I do that is because when I started really owning my drag and myself and bringing that to the forefront, mm-hmm. it inspires people because like, hi there. <laughs> um, all our, I feel like should inspire the best in people. And no matter if it's, you know, you know, fucking mm-hmm. panties in a corset and a long flowing cape <laughs> or a cool Gothic back dress, like sure. It's like my art and it's kooky and crazy and weird and scary, but also yeah. like, 
if you know, you know. For the people who want to see that and for the people who yeah. are craving that type of performance, it's for them. It's not yeah. for – and I get it. Like, I've tried to explain to some people. I'm like, my drag is not for everyone, and I don't take offense to that. Like, if you yeah. don't want to watch it, I don't fucking care. Yeah. When we were doing theater performances in, like, middle and high school, we'd always say, like – we do like a disclaimer like this this performance contains this this and that mm-hmm. if you feel like this may offend you or make you uncomfortable please take the time to leave yeah. now and doing that it taught me i'm like okay like you know there i mean i've seen movies and tv shows where i either don't give a fuck or it's not my cup of tea mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna go online and trash it because unless it was like truly awful and offensive then yeah i'd probably say something but like yeah i've always told people i'm like if you don't like my drag okay you don't have to mm-hmm. watch it it's like there are some websites on the internet that you don't have to engage with or some people on the internet that you block or you just yeah. avoid. You just have to avoid it or not even avoid it, but just look through it. Look past it. Don't even acknowledge it. By, by avoiding it, that is giving it power, but to just look past it. Yeah. If it doesn't affect, if it's not for you, just look to what is for you. Yeah. Um, but with that, I just, I'm curious about one thing before we wrap up. We're running out of time, but okay. um there are people in my, around my age in their mid thirties and maybe older who are upset that drag is becoming so mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, no, this was counterculture. This was the, the, you know, the subculture. This was our space. Yeah. How do you feel about that? That it's becoming so ma- like dra- drag race is full mainstream. They oh, have yeah. versions in on every continent now, mm-hmm. except for Antarctica. They have <laughs> versions in, of, I don't know, like 20 countries now, there is versions everywhere. It drag, RuPaul's Drag Race is mainstream. Exactly. Uh, Dragula is becoming mainstream-ish in the yes. way that like, it's it's getting some attention. It is it is becoming a counterpoint to Drag Race. It's smaller, yeah. but it's becoming a counterpoint to Drag Race. I mean, it's here to stay. Drag yeah. is here. How do you feel about that being sort of legitimized in... In in the capitalist society, it is a right. money maker now. Oh, oh my God, so much money. Um, just ask RuPaul. Um, <laughs> but it's to kind of delve into the history of drag a little bit, because um, I'm an educated art queen. Um, Love it. Drag has always existed. Like when I remember learning in school, like originally, like during Shakespearean times, it was always men playing women mm-hmm. roles because women were not on stage, which is interesting. <laughs> That's a whole um, issue on its own. So. <laughs> It's funny how, like, drag has kind of gone through these periods of, like, it's accepted and people are just like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's just how it yeah. works. Okay. And then eventually it evolved and then eventually women were let on stage and so there was less need for that. And mm-hmm. so obviously it faded, but then eventually it came back through um, smaller underground cabarets and performances yeah. and it evolved from burlesque and the small clubs all around the world. And so it's always existed in some form or facet over mm-hmm. time, but then especially as we move into like the later 18th or 19th and 20th centuries, like when some forms of conservatism and propaganda became more popular, um, it, it, the, it, the, the people in power started turning the people on themselves, which Mm -hmm. is very topical. Um, but like you say, it's a whole nother conservation for a whole nother podcast. But, um, uh, I mean, especially like before like world war two, world war one, um, Mm -hmm. when there was, uh, Magnus Hirschfeld, I think was his name. He was a big scientist and doctor who was studying uh, trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming people and homosexuality and queerness as a whole. Um, but then, you know, when Hitler and those powers started coming in, they they destroyed all of his work because for them it was sacrilegious. It was like against mm-hmm. everything that they wanted because... Because that was the point of the Nazis. They had a very narrow-minded view of who was legitimate mm-hmm. and he was studying a whole group 
of people who is just not legitimate to them. So destroy everything didn't matter. Right. And it's, it's very similar to today's and not very similar, but like in a sense, it's similar in the point that, um, when people feel empowered to express themselves and their ideas and really push boundaries of mm-hmm. art and social norms, people get uncomfortable and that's okay. Like it's yeah. okay to be uncomfortable. Like right. I feel like we need to have more uncomfortable conversations because then eventually we'll just be okay with having these tough conversations. But when the powers that play realize, Oh shit, the people are having their own ideas and thoughts. We can't control this. Yeah. Let's start making laws and putting shit in place mm-hmm. to where we can't allow trans kids to go do sports. We can't allow this. We can't allow that. Um, we're going to start banning drag shows or like, like all this bullshit mm-hmm. because this is going to be a very controversial, stop, uh, controversial point. Safe space, my love. Safe space, baby. From what I understood being taught in the American public education system, we were taught that, you know, speaking strictly for America, like this government was created for the people by the people. Mm-hmm. And there was supposed to be a separation of church and state. However, the last few decades have shown that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. And, um, certain folks are in a way propagandizing like anti-queerness and a very easy target is drag shows because it's something that's so outlandish and out there. And because there are the examples of Mm -hmm. raunchy, nasty performers, i.e. me, like they use that as a scapegoat for all Mm -hmm. like the beautiful family friendly stuff that is possible with drag. Like, right. Like people. Yeah. Because you're not doing reading circles at the library. And that's the thing is like, I've, I've told people, I'm like, that's coming back to our point of like, if it's not for you, you don't have to engage with it. Like there are certain shows that do have age restrictions because of the material and the content. And and there's things that, I mean, anything is not appropriate for children. There's television shows. It's like, no, don't let your kids watch this show. Let them watch PBS. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, Whoopi Goldberg has been in movies that you should not let your children watch, but she's also been on Sesame Street. Exactly. So, just because a drag queen exists in the world side by side, one that could do reading circles for children side, side by side with a queen like you doesn't mean you're the same or that that that's right. threatening to anyone. Because I saw this video the other day where... A woman was in a in a city council meeting, and she said, "I have never been sexually assaulted at a drag show, but you know where I have been sexually assaulted in church." I know the video you talk about. So I'm just like, and you know, and I'm not I'm not dissing church. I go to church. Yeah, uh, I have a church podcast, but let's call a spade a spade. People get sexually assaulted in churches. They don't get sexually assaulted when a drag when a drag queen comes to read to your children at the library. Yes, and sort of little offhand from that note because i'm i want to come back to the whole like capitalization drag um like any big professional there are you know people who abuse their powers um we've seen drag queens from drag race get called out for their abuse of power yeah but that's within the space with Mm -hmm. usually consenting adults who are using that power to take advantage of other people but that's like in any profession like if a ceo harasses a young employee that's that's just unfortunately something that happens but something that we need to be aware Mm -hmm. of as people like in every facet of the world, there is going to be abuse of power, but yeah, power power comes with abuse. Yes, that's that's it, just the facts. That and, it is the risk, and we need to, I guess, teach people how to recognize when they're being abused or when people mm-hmm. are mistreating them and using that power to kind of manipulate yeah. them. But coming back to um, drag being capitalized, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, there's we've, we're giving platforms to a lot of different voices that I think have the opportunity to really make change, mm-hmm. like. Fucking Bob the Drag Queen 
love her to death. She like really will take comedy by the throat and yeah. give it and fucking punch people in the gut. Right. And like I, yeah. Like there's drag queens who have music careers, but they're not really making I mean, it's it's a part of their drag. It's not their thing. Bob the drag queen is making a full splash in the stand up comedy world. Like it's, he yeah. is she is I guess they because yeah. my brain glitches when it's Bob. Yeah. Uh, but she's she's just doing it. She's on stage funnier than anyone else who comes on stage for that show. So she's ma- it's not just a part of her drag because the stand because every drag queen has a little bit of a stand up comedy comedian in them when yeah. when they are performative in that way. She's making a big splash, and that's it's. I mean, it's 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 like the the you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, like we're here. Drag is here. I mean, there's a show we're here, which you know kind of exposes drag yeah. and queerness to very close minded communities. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like. By making it popular and commercialized, yes, we're allowing people this avenue of finding mm-hmm. really big monetary success and something that's been traditionally like looked down upon or something that's always been like, oh, it's just a club job. Like, that's my yeah. side job. And people who do it full time, much respect to them because mm-hmm. it takes so much work and money to just do it full time. Right. That it, I've... I mean, every week, some drag performer is, like, posting their, their cash app or their Venmo or, like, a GoFundMe because it's hard yeah. trying to book it and trying to come up in a world that has now s- suddenly become so oversaturated with people who think they can be drag performers. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, I almost took I almost <laughs> had hot take real quick. Um, <laughs> but um, on the kind of converse side, in a more positive way, I guess, like, by exposing the world to the beauty of queerness with drag kings, queens, things, everyone, mm-hmm. you're really encouraging people to just truly be themselves. And yeah. I've, especially over the past, at least in my lifetime, as I've, you know, been exposed to like marketing tactics and the evolution of pop culture and yeah. fashion and art in the modern um, metrosexual lifestyle, I guess. Um, it's it's becoming very apparent that people are getting fucking boring. We all we want the neutral look. We want yeah. very easy, flat, smooth shapes. But with drag, and a, a lot of art, like performance mm-hmm. art, and like every facet of film, television, painting, sculpting, I feel like art needs to have this revival because it's teaching people to be individualistic, to be themselves. That mm. sure, like if you wanna, if you wanna be the Instagrammable queen of your life. That is totally good. Yeah. And you're not harming anyone. Good for you. But I feel like more people need to understand that it is okay to be yourself. And in fact, as drag queens, we are and drag performers. We are encouraging you to be yourself mm-hmm. because, and that's, and that to me, just that's a really great point to end on today because mm. we see fashion on the runway and fashion. When you see a fashion designer do a runway show. The fashion is so avant-garde and over mm-hmm. the top. Like you might see, um, you might like I've seen where they have these giant pieces that they're wearing down the runway, or you see I've seen shows where the men are naked from the bottom down. It's, yeah, it's all just it's it's an expression of what's what's there, what's in their mind, and then that gets retranslated into wearable art exactly and, and it, it gets i mean it's not that it's diluted it's just it's not usable in an everyday setting but right. it does inspire you to be bigger you see mm-hmm. this big image or this 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 very controversial image on the runway you'll then be inspired to take that and go 
be more bold with your own fashion. And I think that's what drag does. Drag is so big, it's unattainable for someone like me in my everyday life. But it does inspire me to be bigger. And it inspires me to be louder. And it inspires me to be more present and more free with who I am. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's what I take from it that you're, you're, you're the, you are the, the guidepost for a moment in my life. That's what I take from drag. Thank you. Um, and I also just want to say like, it's hard to know what's also, it's good to acknowledge that like, I'm very privileged to live in Los Angeles and also do the type of drag that Mm -hmm. I do because I've, you know, expressed concerns of like, if I ever, go back to Florida or if I did my type of drag in Florida at some of the places that I used to like go to as like an 18 year old, like I would be very fearful of being shot. And also mm-hmm. there are certain places in the world where even just holding hands with someone of the same yeah. sex or gender is it's a criminal offense and you can get killed. And so I think through the capitalization of drag, one of the big positive twists mm-hmm. is we're starting to see a lot of, not a lot, but like some, bigger political parties and countries are really starting to recognize, oh, these are just people who just want to love each other. Yeah. Yeah, hello. Right. But because of some non-separations of religion and politics, it's it's a very, very wobbly, mm-hmm. rickety old bridge that a lot of people are walking. But as drag performers, as artists, as day-to-day people who are generally just expressing themselves through fashion, through art, through whatever they're doing with their lives... I would hope that we are inspiring the rest of the world or at least encouraging the rest of the world to take a look at their traditional values and say, is this really what's best for people? I mean, I understand like certain things have existed for thousands and thousands of years and total respect to that. But some things I feel like just need to change because just discounting people for who they want to love and spend their lives with because I don't want to cry, but like <laughs> it, it, it really hurts me when I was in school and I, I met a friend who said, yeah, like I can't, I cannot be gay in my home country because I will be killed. Right. But that's why I'm trying to stay out here in Los Angeles is because there is that freedom. And I would hope through the future commercialization of drag uh-huh. and also just literally the spreading of love and not hate, like we can encourage people to really change their minds. And some people, it's a lot harder to do it because of the age or their yeah. upbringing, but because I remember there was a time when, I mean, I it, 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 it would never, there was not a chance in hell I would have come out in high school because I graduated high school in 2005. Yeah. And now you are 10 years, give or take, uh, <laughs> younger than me. And things have changed. And it gives me hope. So... That I mean, that's that's where we that's all the time we have for. But Zach, will you come back, Miss Chlorine Cocktail? Will oh, you come back course. and I let's talk this. more because I have like a whole other hour of questions and conversations, yes. and so you're gonna come back yes. and we're gonna talk again because I love you so much. You know what? I love you too. I I was kind of nervous going into this because I was like, I should I rehearse things? Should I like prepare stuff? But I was like, you know what? I'm having a conversation mm-hmm. with my best friend about something that we both enjoy, and also. We're gay. We're gay. So <laughs> it's, it was just a fun time. So thank you for having me. And thank of you course. for coming. And I'm just so grateful that I get to introduce you to the world. Like I said, Zach's, uh, do you want people to follow you on Instagram for Zach Morris as well? Of course, especially if there's any producers, writers, directors that need <laughs> uh, queer, young, beautiful, talented, motivated actors for their projects. Yes, please follow me on Instagram. Please. Or if you just want to see some crazy day-to-day stuff. like Yeah. What's that, your handle? Uh, my acting handle is the Zach Morris L A Z A C H. 
um, M-O-R-R-I-S-L-A. Um, that's where I try to post most of my, like, my acting wins mm-hmm. and just kind of my crazy day-to-day life stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Chlorine XOXO. Yeah, I was like, is there another XO? Um, <laughs> that's more, like, drag-focused, yeah. um, where I post shows and, like, a bit of the process and kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Yep. And check the show notes. We have the links there, so you can see the spellings and get it just right. And if you want to follow me, I am at Kyle L. Henderson on all social media accounts. I want to thank you for joining us for another fascinating, heartfelt, and deeply emotional conversation here at Not For Nothing. Because we are nothing if not deep and sappy, basically. I cry. This is, uh, I've cried three times on this episode. <laughs> and you, but you know what? You're going to come back. You're my little brother, but you're also my mentor through Chlorine Cocktail. Thank you for being you. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.